Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. On the Western Hotline to to chat a little bit more about this is Ryan Talbot of New York Upstate and the Shout Buffalo podcast. Ryan, um, good morning to you, my friend. Thanks for joining me. A bit of tough news for Bills fans uh, to start their weekend. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And, and you said it, it's, it's a gut punch. And it, it's a gut punch for this team in the Super Bowl season. It's a gut punch for uh, Micah Hyde as well, a, a safety that has been here since day one with Sean McDermott building this roster up. And uh, in, in what was what's being viewed as a Super Bowl or bust type of year, to be a, without one of your star players on the defensive backside is going to make it all that much more challenging. And talk a little bit about, I, I would assume the next man up here is going to be Jaquan Johnson. It could be DeMar Hamlin as well. It could be a committee approach. The Bills have shown a willingness at the defensive back position to rotate players in and out. Who do you believe in this instance is the next man up for this Bills defense? I think it is Jaquan Johnson that's going to get that first crack at the job. And if there are any issues, like you said, they could go to the committee approach. You know, this summer uh, at training camp, both safeties missed some time. And I felt like Hamlin and Jaquan Johnson did fit in nicely. They weren't, uh, they didn't look like they were out of place with that defense at all. But now, obviously, this is a much different scenario. This is a live game uh, against an opponent. Uh, that has a lot of speed at receiver and Tyree Kill that has a really good young receiver in Jalen Waddell. It's going to be interesting to see how the secondary holds up without Hyde and then obviously without Dane Jackson as well in this matchup. Yeah, and obviously Dane Jackson's another one that I think maybe takes a little bit of a back seat considering, you know, you watched both of those plays. And I think if you if you watch the injury that happened to Micah Hyde, it looked like his neck got jolted back a little bit. But you look at the injury to Dane Jackson and to see that he avoided the kind of any major injury and, and Hyde's the one that was unable to avoid that injury. I, I think if you watch those replays, you would have felt like maybe the opposite was going to be the outcome. Yeah, it was really hard to watch Jackson's replay when it was put on the TV broadcast a, a few times, the way that his head snapped back. Uh, but it just goes to show you that, that you know there is no rhyme or reason to these neck injuries and, and the severity of them. It, it can happen on uh, a shot that doesn't look as serious, like you mentioned, or, or you can avoid injuries altogether or serious injuries altogether with ones where you watch it live and you think, man, uh, it's a scary injury. The ambulance comes out and you're obviously thinking the worst. So, Ryan, before we maybe talk a little bit more about this Dolphins game, I'd like you to throw a bow on that game last week against the Titans. And, you know, I I think the Titans maybe aren't the team that people thought they were coming into this season. I mean, they replaced five of their six-stop pass catchers from last year. Derrick Henry, I I maybe don't want to say that Derrick Henry looks shot, but he certainly does not look like the same Derrick Henry we've seen um, over the last couple of years. And that offensive line lost two starting pieces, both of which are here in Buffalo right now, and David Quesenberry and, and Roger Saffold. And they lose 
uh, Taylor Luan in that game as well, very early, first play of the game. So, you know, overall, what, where, what do you make of the Tennessee Titans and, and sort of where they are in the, the hierarchy of this AFC now? Yeah, you, you know, I did some radio spots before the start of the year, and I said I wouldn't be surprised if the Titans went from one seed in the AFC to missing the playoffs altogether. Now, their division isn't exactly looking like a uh, powerhouse there so far this season, so I think there's still a path for them to get into the playoffs. But you went down the list of all the, the differences on this roster. They got rid of a uh, bonafide number one wide receiver in A.J. Brown, and they, they hope that Burks can develop into a number one receiver like that, but that takes some time. Uh, Derrick Henry is coming off of an injury that took away a lot of the season last year. Whether it's shaking off the roster, maybe uh, finally kind of slowing down a little bit because every running back eventually hits that wall. Uh, those are two of your main pieces of, of that offense one year ago, and now you might not be able to count on either, obviously, Henry being the only one left there to uh, be a major factor for this team. So there's some issues there. But for Buffalo, it was a good win because that team had been a, a thorn in their side the past few seasons. It had been... Uh, blowout loss to them in 2020 and then last year losing on uh, you know the final player they couldn't get that one yard on the QB sneak Aaron slips Feliciano kind of gets pushed back immediately on that play so I'm sure for the Bills sake you know it, it felt good to not only win but to win in such a dominating fashion. Ryan Talbot here of New York Upstate and the Shout Podcast on our West Her Hotline and you know, let's transition into this Dolphins game. And I know you and I on your podcast this week were, we're kind of talking about this this Dolphins team and kind of what to make of them. They're certainly, you know, they certainly warrant a level of respect in what their wide receivers are capable of doing. And, and that was well on display in that second half last week against the Baltimore Ravens. But, you know, when you go back and watch that game, how much of that do you maybe want to say, and, and we just had a caller call in and, and mention that like through two games, the... You know, the, the Baltimore Ravens are ranked 32nd against the pass. So, you know, I, I, I think about it this way, too, is if the Bills were playing the Baltimore Ravens this week, I certainly don't feel like they would really strike the fear of God. Now, they play next week, so we'll, we'll, we'll get to see that in real time. But if they're not striking the fear of God, you know, they dominated that Dolphins team in the first half. And it was a real second-half collapse, I think, more so than a second-half explosion from the Miami Dolphins, at least in my opinion, and you don't have to share that, but overall, like, what, what do you make of this Dolphins team coming in after that second half they had last week? Yeah, the, the one thing I'll say about the Dolphins is they, you know, they didn't uh, wave the white flag, so to speak. They did keep fighting in that second half when it looked like it was going to be a runaway game for the Ravens, but I'm also in agreement with you that it, it was part collapse and part of, of a nice comeback by Miami. It can be both things. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Uh, you know, Baltimore's defense has not been anything impressive to date this year. It's early in the season. Obviously, they made a change defensive coordinator, but it hasn't panned out uh, early on in the year. And, and Miami, to their credit, like I said, Tua made some big strikes down the field, but there were some uh, missed assignments. There was uh, some underthrows that I thought that the secondary could have made plays on, that being the Ravens secondary, if they had turned around and located the ball. Uh, little things that, you know, going into this week, I said, oh, the, the Bills aren't going to make those types of mistakes. But now you look at their, the back end, and they're going to be missing like I. They're going to be playing two rookies most likely on the outside at cornerback. So uh, you hope that the, the way that Leslie Frazier operates, the, the amount of discipline that he uh, in, in, you know, he has in this defense that he instills in these players in terms of their responsibilities, that they're going to be able to come out here and play at a high level. Uh, Jaquan Johnson, you know, last year he, he had some significant playing time in that Texans game, and I thought he fared well. Every time he's been on the field, I feel like he's held his own part. Uh, but it, but it's going to be a drop off because you're going to be without Hyde back there too. But in, in terms of the Dolphins themselves and the Ravens, 
you know, I, I feel like the Dolphins are being a little overhyped going into this game. It was a really good fourth quarter. It was a nice comeback, but this was a, a squad that put up 20 points against the New England Patriots that really struggled in the first half against Baltimore. Uh, yeah, it feels like they're being hyped up as the greatest show on turf after two weeks. <laughs> That's right. And frankly, they had a defensive touchdown in that first game. They had one offensive touchdown in that first game against the Patriots. And I, you know, the Patriots have made some changes defensively. But if I recall uh, what Josh Allen did in the last two two games against that that uh, that Patriots defense, I'm not sure if I'm overly impressed by seven points against that that group. Um, Ryan, and, and you know, I want to kind of stick on the defensive side of the ball here. Obviously, no Ed Oliver, no Jordan Phillips. That, that's a big blow for the interior part of this defensive line. However, you're coming into this game thinking this is not exactly the most explosive running attack, which is a little surprising because Mike McDaniel, that Shanahan wide zone, you were expecting that the run game for, especially the resources that they they really, I think, invested in, obviously Raheem Mozart and uh, Chase Edmonds, and they had Sony Michel, they they moved on from him, but they, they, they invested a lot into that running game, and they have not seen a lot of returns early this season. No, they have not, and I think it was Edmonds that did rip off a nice run late in that Baltimore game, um, but it's been very hit and miss, very sporadic. They, they do have some decent names back there, but now can they produce? And the Bills, to their credit, have really stopped the run really well in the first two weeks. Uh, the, the Rams couldn't get much going, and obviously Derek Henry averaging 1.9 yards per carry. That tells a story on its own, but this is the second straight week that the Bills are going to be down two guys at, at defensive tackle at Oliver for the second straight week, and then this week it's going to be Jordan Phillips. Uh, you do, I tend to think that Tim Settle is tre- trending in the right direction. I shouldn't sit here and say that he's definitely going to play, uh, but I think he'll play. You have Daquan Jones has been a major asset for this team. They like Brandon Bryant. They have Brewer. Uh, and then they have some other versatile pieces on that defensive line. You know, we talked about it on the show. We said maybe you get Greg Rousseau in there uh, playing some snaps on the inside. We saw what he could do in terms of the pass rush last week in, in that role. Uh, they talked about Boogie Basham being that type of player when they drafted him. Now, he, you know, he's changed and molded his body a little bit. Maybe that's not what they envision anymore. But the, the Bills have some moving parts. Uh, I'm really interested to see how they utilize them, especially on the inside when they're down a few bodies at defensive tackle. And on the other side, Ryan, if Xavier Howard is not 100%, which it doesn't look like he will be, the question is whether or not he'll play. But if he plays and isn't 100%, would you feel like maybe – you're better off putting someone who is 100% knowing what's the success Stephon Diggs has had when Xavier Howard is healthy. And, and this is no shot. Howard is a top five corner in the NFL, top 10 at the very least. Um, but he has struggled in one-on-one matchups against Stephon Diggs. And Stephon Diggs right now is one of the best man against man coverage, one of the best receivers in football. What do you think the game plan has to be to try to slow down Diggs? Because through two games, he's one of the most, uh, right, right there with Waddle and Hill, one of the most prolific receivers in football right now. It's going to be interesting because, you know, one of their starting cornerbacks was put on the IR before the start of the season. He's going to miss the first four weeks in June. And so uh, if they do not go with, with Howard, it, it would have to be with a cornerback with some additional help. You would have to think no one's going to be able to go one-on-one with Diggs. Uh, Howard, as you mentioned, has struggled in the past, and he's not going to be 100%. I think they start out with Howard in that role, see how he fares, and then they might have to rotate and adjust. Uh, but, you know, I, I think there's a chance to get Gabe Davis back in the mold. We still haven't seen uh, a ton from Isaiah McKenzie, but maybe this is a week where you utilize him not just as a slot receiver. Uh, you line him up in the backfield. You give him maybe some of those jet sweeps. You, you keep the defense on their toes. Uh, Crowder, again, hasn't filled the stat sheet, but he's done some nice things. So I, I feel like 
Uh, even if the Dolphins come up with a game plan that could even limit Diggs to a certain extent, the Bills have so many other weapons that they can utilize in this matchup. But right now, I, I do like Diggs going into week three, whether it's uh, banged up Howard uh, covering him, whether it's uh, a Nick Needham or, or someone else. Yeah, I don't see how they're going to be able to slow him down based on how he started out this year. Yeah, and I'll say this too, Ryan. Um, Dawson Knox has yet to really you know, pop off in the passing game, and I expect um, you know, that to maybe change and evolve here over the next couple of weeks. Ryan, thanks so much for joining me, man. I appreciate it. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the game tomorrow, and you and I will be chatting again soon, my friend. Hey, sounds great. Thanks again. Awesome. Ryan Talbot there of New York Upstate joining us on the West Her Hotline. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.